0: Welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener and guest-suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant is what we usually do except we're celebrating Pride Moth Month on The Graveyard Shift. Nope, we got the official documents right here. We got the poster. It's Pride Moth. Yes, Pride Moth, because Pride Month, it's too trendy. It's too, it's just too uh, fake. Like, oh, yeah, every company's got the rainbow flags up in June, but we're putting them up in July because, you know, we don't we don't go for that fake shit. Our love for queer cinema goes all year round. Yeah,
1: totally. We're not limited
0: to one month. (laughs) We pick the month with five weeks in it because we love our LGBTQ friends and creators that much. And... My name is Mike, and I never work the graveyard shift alone. Joining me is the man who would probably be up for spending a weekend at a mansion for some ghost hunting, John.
1: <laughs> Hello, oh, yes, and I would definitely be the one who reads from the nepro- Necronomicon, does all that dumb shit, yes. I'd definitely be the instigator.
0: <laughs> You'd be the one that would be like walking into the basement, like, hey, there's a quicksand pit in the uh, in the basement, I wonder how deep it goes.
1: Yep. Or you know, I'd be like Justin Long down there in the basement with the fucking measuring tape. <laughs> like
0: Oh, <laughs> look at how much property I'm gonna liquidate here. <laughs> I could sublet this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I uh, I that that would be me. I'm just uh I'm the first one to die and the first for, the first one to bring the evil to us, you know.
0: Uh and today's episode is Pro Level Squatting. Because we watched The Haunting. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie, buggy. I mean, like, yes, there are queer characters in it, but it also gets kind of political in, in terms of, like, the housing market. <laughs> and, you know, how, how, how the American society is treating the mentally ill.
1: Yes. There's a lot going so, on here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot in in this. This is like a a political sampler platter. This was directed by Robert Wise, with screenplay by Nelson Gidding, based on The Haunting of Hill House, 1959, by Shirley Jackson. This was produced by Robert Wise, with cinematography by Davis Bolton, edited by Ernest Walter, with music by Humphrey Searle. Produced by Argyle Enterprises, distributed by MGM, released September eighteenth, nineteen sixty-three, with a runtime of one hundred and fourteen minutes. This has a budget of one hundred and five million and a box office of one hundred and two, so not that much of a profit. Mm. This stars Julie Harris as Ele- Eleanor Nell Lance, Claire Bloom as Theodora Theo. Richard Johnson as Dr. John Markway. Russ Tamblin as Luke Sanderson. Faye Compton as Mrs. Sanderson. Rosalie Crutchley as Mrs. Dudley. Louis Maxwell or Lois Maxwell as Grace Markway. Valentine Dial as Mr. Dudley. Diane Clare as Carrie Fredericks. Ronald Adam, Eldridge Harper. Amy Dalby as Abigail Crane at the age of eighty. Paul Maxwell as Bud Fredericks and Mavis Villiers as the landlady. So a little bit of trivia as to uh, why this is making part of our uh, the end of our Pride Moth 2023 <sighs> as we celebrate the grayscale rainbow. The Haunting of Hill House, it appears to be a simple haunted house story on its surface, but it quickly divulges from the norm to create a romantic type relationship between Eleanor and Theodora. Another member of the Hill House Supernatural Study, because uh, the synopsis is uh, this guy conducts a supernatural study at a house that's not his and somehow gets permission to do it. And the, uh, the soon to be owner joins them along with uh, a medium and a woman with a history of paranormal contact. <laughs> and that woman is Eleanor. And Eleanor meets a woman named Theodora, and Theodora is everything that Eleanor is not. Free-spirited, fashionable, self-assured. And the text in this movie implies that Theodora is a lesbian. Because when describing the reason for her staying at the Hill House, Theodora mentions uh, an argument with a uh, genderless roommate that she recently had an explosive fight with. Now, coupled with her lack of a male partner, this past relationship is inferred to be a same-sex relationship that ended in a breakup. But why include a queer character in the first place? Uh, Theodora's past enlightens Eleanor about an alternative form of living that's possible within her heteronormative society. See, prior to Eleanor's move to Hill House, she only experienced a life of sexless solitude in taking care of her sick mother and witnessing the heterosexual relationship between her sister and her brother-in-law. Theodora's unorthodox past awakens Eleanor to the possibility of being queer within the framework of her world. Now, this 1963 film is queer-coded with subtext to inform an observant audience that Theo is a queer character. It's never explicitly stated, but she gives Eleanor plenty of hints regarding her lifestyle and sexuality. And uh, it's also been changed in uh, other movies or adaptations of this, like the Netflix series and the 1999 movie with Catherine Mm Zeta-Jones, where she is just straight outright lesbian. So this isn't just like, oh, some modern people with colored hair are putting articles about this. Like, no, people have been reading into this for decades. And if you watch this movie, you'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I see it. Oh, yeah. Now, funny enough, like the queer horror genre, because we've talked about coding and queer representation in old movies specifically. And it often begins with misrepresentation and villainization like when we've got uh, the Daughter of Dracula or the demonization of a cr- of like cross-dressing people in Psycho and Silence of the Lambs, uh, you know, queers constituted the shock factor or the horror themselves. They were monstrous villains and incomprehensible moral deviants, usually killed off in a violent fashion to the cheers of the audience. However, with, you know, more queer directors working on the scenes in the, sh- in the changing social climate, Uh, Filmmakers are finally beginning to shift away from making them just villains. In uh, recent films such as Fear Street and Titane, they reflect a willingness to feature them as protagonists and final girls, finally giving them the much-needed humanity. And as we're, uh, I think we're done or pretty much done with enough uh, black and white movies that, you know, just outright villainize these uh, people. Mm -hmm. So we'll hopefully get to see more positive uh, representation but uh, you know this was pretty good for its time to have someone who clearly looks lesbian in her appearance i mean in her uh in her uh in her in her, ma- in her mannerisms but she isn't a villain like she kind of antagonizes eleanor a bit but it's more like just like you know wake up get over yourself not like oh i really intend harm upon you
1: yeah uh, you know at the end of the day they still maintain a uh a close bond i think um despite you know uh, yeah eleanor Theodora, uh, despite them having a uh a bit of a spat at some point
0: well more than one more than one shouting match
1: yeah actually yeah multiple occasions you know but it, it always kind of felt like a well you know it gave that aura of almost like people like an old married couple you know <laughs>
0: yeah well the same to me like she really like she was just trying to like get her to get over herself so she can actually have like a better life and a better outlook on life.
1: Yeah.
0: It never had malice. It was kind of like just making fun of her silliness. Yeah. So that she could, you know,
1: get a rise out of her to, but kind of for, you know, for her own benefit, you know? Yeah. Like ruffle some feathers so that, yeah, she can kind of shake off these, uh, these chains that she's sort of put around herself and she's still kind of clinging onto, you know?
0: Yeah. See, uh, like Eleanor shows, showers Eleanor, Theodora showers Eleanor with uh, displays of affection, which coincide with the arrival of supernatural events. Only a few nights into their stay, the pair of women are sitting in their connected suites when they hear a loud banging in the hallway. The banging starts up against the door, and Eleanor runs to Theodora's room in fear. They clutch each other tightly until the banging subsides, and Theodora remarks, You're wearing my bathrobe. A few nights later, Eleanor is lying in bed next to Theodora when she feels a cold spiritual presence into the room and blanket her with dread. To protect herself, she grabs her housemate's hand so tight she could feel the fine bones of Theodora's fingers. Uh, So they're already becoming quite intimate with each other. Mm -hmm. She seeks out Theodora for physical touch and emotional assurance. They wear each other's clothes. Uh, You know, Claire Bloom was intrigued to play the role of a woman who was attracted to another woman. She says she got along great with everyone on the set except for Julie Harris, who played Eleanor. Yeah. She tried everything to avoid. Turns out she tried everything to avoid her and not talk to her. At the end of the shoot, she went over to Bloom's house with a present and explained that, you know, the reason that she kept to herself was to stay in character. You know, fucking method actors. Yeah. Huh. Because Harris's role in the film was that of an outsider that couldn't connect to anyone or, uh, you know, that nobody would respect or listen to. And, you know, of course, Bloom was happy to hear the real reason for uh, Harris's behavior because she really liked her and wanted to understand what she did wrong. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they they became friends afterwards. So that's a that's a good story.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool. It worked out there in the end, you know. <laughs>
0: and uh, now we've explained why this movie qualifies for our our grayscale rainbow segment as our uh, ending. Now we can get on with a little bit of trivia about the movie itself. Most of the film was shot through lenses that had curvature. So it just made everything seem warped. Giving the house a strange foreboding look. Which is a nice cheap way to really fuck with the audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it does... um, It does throw off your perception, especially your depth perception of... uh, you know, a lot of the long hallways and large wide corridors that you'd see, I guess, all featured on these sets, um, you know, which, you know, were pretty well constructed. But, yeah, it really does, uh, you know, come across as does make the house seem, well, more otherworldly, yeah, kind of supernatural, you yeah. kind of.
0: And uh, for some of the scenes in which characters are tormented by loud, ghostly sounds coming from the house, Robert Wise had the sounds on playback so that the actors could react to them authentically. Huh, cool. So it helped uh, create the right mood of terror. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, Russ Tamblyn was not interested in playing the role of Luke Sanderson until MGM threatened to uh, resign his contract. So he had to be forced, kicking and screaming, to do this movie. But years later, he realized, yep, they were right and he was wrong. Uh, He considered this to be uh, one of his best roles.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it looked like he had a little fun doing it.
0: (laughs) Well, at the time he was doing it, he was not having fun. He was like... This, I think it actually fed to make his character look like a prick because it wasn't just the character that didn't want to be there. It was the man who didn't want to be there.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't have thought from his performance in some ways. I mean, I know his character is supposed to be a little withdrawn, but it almost felt like, you know, he had to get a little enjoyment off being a character who is a dick, you know.
0: Because he's just letting out his frustrations, both at the uh, both at his his grandmother or his uh, aunt for making him go to this place, but also for him for being under contract and dealing with these assholes.
1: Right, and you know him being the character you almost expect is going to just die, and you know basically nothing. Like he's kind of the biggest dick of the whole, <laughs> the biggest dick. No, I mean he's the biggest <laughs> prick. In this movie, and he doesn't get any cub comeuppance.
0: No, yeah, uh, he's not like actively malevolent. He's just you know an annoying prick.
1: Yeah, he's
0: not he's not like a he's not like a, a capital A asshole. Yeah, where he's like you know trying to sabotage people or you know find like some hidden fortune and and frame everyone else for it after making them die.
1: Yes. Well, I guess if anything not say like he deserves to die, but I'm actually a little surprised that you know
0: It would be nice if it, if it would be nice if a chandelier fell beside him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I was just a surprise that there wasn't any sort of intense ghost moment with him where he basically gets scared shitless and he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, you know. He didn't really have that. You know, and then he's just like sitting in the car there with Eleanor, just like, Okay, where are we going now? <laughs> so <laughs> It was, uh, you know, interesting role there, but yeah, I guess that's a fun bit of tip. Uh, Yeah, it's almost ironic that, well, not ironic, I guess fitting that, you know, he didn't want to be there just as much as his character didn't want to actually be there.
0: And uh, the script originally contained a scene early in the film, which, uh, you know, because we were supposed to see a bit of Theodora before she showed up at the Hill House. And this, uh, the scene was about her arguing with her female lover. With a, uh, like, we were gonna be, like, seeing the inside of the apartment with, I hate you written on a mirror and lipstick. And Theodora yelling curses at her outside the window. Uh, Wise decided to cut the scene, however, because he believed it would just be too explicit for a film that works hard to make things implicit. Hmm. And uh, in an issue of Scarlet Street Magazine, Julie Harris revealed that she wished she could go back and play Eleanor differently. She said, uh, "I would have been Otter looking as Eleanor. I think she was just too ordinary. I wanted to be Otter." And I'm like, "Dude,
1: fuck! <laughs> would it be Otter? What, what, what the hell?
0: <laughs> what the hell were you going to bring to this to make her look Otter?" I
1: I don't really know what more. I mean i I felt I mean, like just
0: just make her walk around with curlers throwing cats at people
1: <laughs> at this point that's all that was <laughs> that, missing
0: that, 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 that.
1: you know, maybe just still have some uh a couple like hair curlers still in her hair or something you don't know, or just always be wearing like a <laughs> hair net or you know I mean she did come off pretty unhinged in this uh,
0: holding a, holding a cigarette filter with no cigarette in it right and it's just like a long plastic thing with like some nicotine stains on the end of it and she's just like pulling drags off of it and they're like she doesn't have a fucking cigarette <laughs>
1: and it's like flipped the wrong way too <laughs> <laughs> it's not even where the symbolically the the filter would be she's like symbolically hitting it from like the the tip of the cigarette head mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Now, according to Robert Wise, the spiral staircase did provide some unique challenges. Uh, As he says, It was scary when you were up on that thing as it was rocking around. The one shot we did on it that fascinates people the most is when the camera is at the bottom and goes up. We designed the banister of the stairway to be so wide and thick that it would fit a small rig with wheels on it. A little light dolly that would hold a handheld camera. We had our camera on that and we had a control wire underneath all the way down. We simply took the camera up to the top Started it, rolled it down, and then reversed the film. It was all done on the balustrade. Cool. Hmm. So, now we can, if you don't have any trivia, we can finally get on with the meat of the episode.
1: Well, I did find just a bit here, because I was curious about this house itself, and apparently, well... I know a lot of the interior shots of the house was filmed, I think at the MGM studios itself, but the exterior of the house and the grounds was, let's see, it was the Eddington Manor. And well, it's now a hotel over in England, England called the Eddington Park Hotel. And uh, let's see where this is in Workshire, Workshire, England. Um, yeah, it's the historic home of the Shirley family. And, yeah, the ownership actually dates back from the time of the Doomsday Book. So, so it's a, yeah, it's a really old piece of property, but it's quite a lovely hotel nowadays. But, I don't know, I thought that nice. was interesting. I'd love to go visit it sometime.
0: Okay, so. Now I can get on with the goods, and we always start with me. And I gotta say the credits. For fuck's sakes, you've got a ghost story and then you've got ghostly titles for the the title of the episode as it's just like smoke coalescing into the words, The Haunting. Okay, you're starting off right with me.
1: Yep, very stylized and um, definitely in a fitting way, you know, it sets the tone well. Yeah, I agree. I like it as an opening. It, you know, helped yeah, it really did help set the mood for me, you know, when I was watching it.
0: So what was your first good?
1: Um, you know, I think throughout this movie,
0: um, I, I
1: think there's a really good use of lighting throughout this. Um, I really like how they like use the the shadows um, almost in every shot. They're always kind of like, any shot that's at least in the evening, you know, they're always using the corners to... Um you know, put shadows there and create sharp contrast. And it better frames the characters whenever they're uh you know looking in another direction or just it, it, whenever they're doing anything, it just adds a bit of um contrast and almost makes the house look a little more haunted. And then I guess learning now that um you know they were using that camera technique too to Make everything have look a little warped, almost fish-eyed. Uh, makes a bit sense. Uh, it, it's a lot of good cinematography. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of scenes, like, whenever they're in the room and, uh, well, when they're in the bedroom, Eleanor and Theodora, and they're uh, watching the door and they're hearing, like, the dog barking and all that just that crazy cacophony going on. Honestly, it was a little hard to distinguish exactly what I was hearing because the audio quality wasn't that great on the recording we were watching. But anyways, yeah, I don't know the lighting and the bedroom and everything in that shot. It just looks great. It really creates that classic haunted house look to it. Um, And it's, I I guess it really does create a lot of um, focal points and a lot of memorable shots for like photography, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, I'll add on to that. Like the fucking house is totally lush. Great. Yeah, everything.
1: Yeah, and it's a great looking um, house. I, even the interior sets too. You know, as seeing as they were you know different locations they used. I mean, they all the, the set just looked great, and I think a lot of yeah, because like of the, the lighting. marble. Yeah, the
0: marble work on Theo's room for the for her fireplace it looks spooky as fuck. It looks like something made by H.R. Geiger. Yes. Like like the things engraved on the fireplace look like they have bony protrusions. Mm-hmm. It is amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely some crazy like neo-gothic style going on. And, you know, in the, um, the scene in the greenhouse when they're over there with the statues, um, you know, looking at that, you know, that whole set piece I, I particularly liked. Um you know, even just that, that little bedroom where, or not the bedroom, the, uh, that dining room, I guess, where they were eating breakfast. You know, it's even, you know, has a nice ambience to it. Um I like the window, the big windows over there that were open, I guess, over to the character's left side. Um, I don't know, it just looked like an interesting place to be, I mean, I guess if, uh, I might be crazy enough to think it was a vacation, too. Okay, so Eleanor, <laughs> I, I I feel you, all right?
0: And, like, not wanting to go home to, like, a shitty apartment that's not even yours. Yeah. I mean,
1: at least this spooky house is definitely better than that shitty apartment, just sleeping on the couch. So I, I can't blame yeah. her there. <laughs> she just was hoping, like, hey, this is – she thought she discovered the number – the like the god tier life hack right here (laughs) (laughs) she's like this is it this is how i inherit a house you know just make everyone believe it's haunted and only i will want it you know
0: i i just never leave i'll make friends with the ghosts (laughs) everyone else will want to leave and i'll stay
1: (laughs) yeah uh so
0: yeah that's that's god tier squatting right there
1: yeah oh exactly man she just found the prime spot you know Man, definitely is not telling any of her friends about it.
0: <laughs> um, I th- there's two psycho like references in in this. The first one is when the second wife just stands by the stairs and then she just gets the look on the face like, "Oh no, I'm falling." Before she begins falling, <laughs> it, it's it's still better than Arbogast's flight down the stairs. Oh right, yep. But it was still fucking goofy. <laughs> So I'm just like, oh, shit, that's, that's a psycho rep-off. That's like uh, Arbol gas, Like, whoa! <laughs> and
1: I'm just like the weirdo. It's like, I thought it looked cool. I know it doesn't look like it really makes sense. I just thought it's a cool-looking shot, even though it's
0: it, It's bad. unique.
1: Yeah, I, I think because it's... it's <laughs> maybe I'm just giving it a pass because it's Hitchcock, and it has that kind of Hitchcock vertigo type thing going on. So, yeah, I know it doesn't make like logical sense i
0: mean if you wanted to have the green screen you could have like shown something where he tumbles down something <laughs> this one just looks like he's just like walking backwards yeah down the stairs. it's awesome <laughs> like just have the guy fall even if it's onto like a pillow underneath like just have it look like he's falling and then like change the the change the footage that you're airing on the green screen behind him
1: yeah <laughs> He's, he's-
0: I'm not against the green screen. I'm just against the fact that it looks like he's just like, like doing like like a fucking Busta Rhymes music video.
1: <laughs> it looks awesome,
0: man. <laughs> uh, the other psycho, the mm-hmm. other psycho reference I get is uh, the the internal monologue of Eleanor when she's driving a car after committing a crime. Oh yeah, taking it to a place nobody knows about.
1: I I didn't quite thought of it as a psycho reference before, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, it sure looks like that, and uh, like Eleanor's niece is just an asshole because she's just like Auntie Eleanor's thinking. Like, what kind of fucking taunt is that? Her family sucks.
1: Yeah, they really do. What is it? There, her brother-in-law trying to look like fucking Atticus trying to look like Gregory Peck <laughs> he did it, have the Gregory he had big peck in yeah was it just me oh yeah right <laughs> little pecker energy more like uh, he's a little and the,
0: he's a little and peck. the sister she's just like well I don't want you borrowing the car because like like who who knows what condition you'd bring it back in well, fuck you
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah fuck those people I, fuck her family
0: yeah so I love just, like, she steals the car, and then she's just like, yes, that'll show them. They'll wonder, where did he go? But where did she go? But I never told them, so they'll never find me. So it was, like, taking uh, Marion Crane's inner monologues and just flipping them around, because she's thinking about what other people will be saying.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: the Eleanor's this time only thinking about herself. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, even in that movie, they flip it around because uh, we got Mother inside Norman's head. She's she's doing the thinking. She's when the fly is landing on his hand.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's all yeah because it's not like she has a split personality, but you feel like how her personality seems to be a bit shifted and I guess activated by or, or enthralled in some form or fashion by what is in this house but i guess maybe it's yeah. up in the air if there really is anything in the house and it's just really her just flying off the rails you know dealing with a lot of grief and guilt and maybe some trauma mm-hmm. and stuff from
0: at least in the at least when 13 ghosts came out you actually got to see the fucking ghosts
1: yeah yeah i mean this one it's it, it's almost like i wonder if they meant to do this like they left it so they they showed so little because they wanted to keep it ambiguous I I don't know, but
0: they didn't do anything with the ambiguity because it's a little confusing. At least if you're doing something with the ambiguity, you could have the idea like if it's if there aren't any ghosts, then who's making the noise? What would the angle be for this?
1: I mean, there seems to be enough evidence to say that there really is a ghost, but not
0: well. It gets, but it doesn't really
1: drive. But but for it being for certain, I I still would have expected to. I don't know, maybe something a bit more explicit. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, you know, this guy's all about the implicit. Yeah. For better and for worse. Yeah,
1: it's almost like, you know, a little too much restraint.
0: So what's your next good?
1: Um, I do enjoy, I mean, I think most of the acting I enjoy in this. um, You know, Julie Harris as Eleanor is is quite good, even though she's a character that I, I could say I found... I, I was annoyed she, by. She had
0: Shelley Duvall vibes.
1: Yeah, like I was annoyed by, but you know, maybe that was the point. You know, because I probably have like a bias towards this character. It made me think a bit more about almost maybe analyze myself. <laughs> that uh, you know why I why I'd be so annoyed and why I'm so inclined to not listen to her, but. You know, it seemed to be true to what she was saying throughout the whole movie. And uh, I think she plays this neurotic, um, you know, highly anxious and sensitive and, well, sheltered, repressed person very well. I mean, it's a complex character and certainly not an easy role to pull off. And I guess, go figure, maybe got to get into the method acting, you know, the best executed, (laughs) who knows. But... For better or for worse, uh, Julie Harris really does uh, a stellar performance, and uh, I I felt all of the unevenness and the franticness of this character, and I sympathize a little bit, but though I was also annoyed, too. Um, But yeah, I give her a lot of credit. That's not an easy role to play, you know? And, you know, you being kind of the catalyst for all of the spooky things that happens in this, you know, in the whole movie. You know, it's a good leading lady for a role that probably was never going to be very likable,
0: you know? Yeah, she uh, definitely was a good, like a calm, cool, sexy yin to, to Eleanor's twitchy i don't want to be homeless yang
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah she if anything i think she was on to this her uh, her squatter scheme i think i think if anything eleanor got pissed off because she knew Theo, sooner or later theo's gonna just figure the whole plot out you know she was gonna spoil it
0: <laughs> yeah you know what she didn't even need to 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 uh beg to be part of the fucking haunted house like Eleanor uh Theodora said that she got into a fight with her quote roommate. Yeah, so. So, you know, she could have just shacked up with her.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, she could, you know, get this uh big swanky house and maybe she could just inherit cuz no one else wants to live there cuz they're like, "Oh, well, it's haunted." And then she could have her uh, hot girlfriend live with her.
0: Yeah. What could have
1: been. Yep. Exactly. But, you know what? <laughs> the ghost had to uh in in a female way and do female cock block.
0: <laughs> yeah. Clam blocked
1: her. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, I don't know the, the reverse terminology. But yeah, you'll get my gist. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's good points there. So yeah, the, the, I guess the two leading ladies were both pretty good in this movie.
0: Yeah. So uh, any more goods? Because I got a few. Oh, uh,
1: let me see if I point out anything else well you know i guess just we'll just say a quick thing hey i this is another cool movie with a cool setting it's a cool house and just find out it's now a really beautiful hotel now um yeah that'd probably be my last good it's just it's a yeah a lot of cool set pieces you know complemented by the lighting and the cinematography
0: Uh, a good a little mini good was the doctor yeah. Like, even though you kind of expected him to be twitchy, but no, he really was as nice as he, as he appeared to be. He was kind, he was honest with the people, never treated them as, like, hostages, always letting them know, like, you know, you can leave anytime you want. Except for, like, when the, the maid just leaves them in.
1: Yeah, and he's.
0: Overnight, like.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. But he's
0: like, when- whenever you're able to leave, you, you can, I- I'm not going to force you to stay. Right. I'm just going to put you in a house that forces you to stay.
1: (laughs) You know, at one point, I kind of thought or, like, kept wondering if he kind of almost, like, had the hots for Eleanor or something. But, uh, you know, he definitely, you know, he seems to, well, he definitely cares about his wife and everything, even though it seems like their marriage is a little bit strained, but... Uh,
0: well, because he's a fucking wacko chasing ghosts. Yeah. You, you just, you can just a, know that the gonna a little gonna be too obsessed a little, a little, with his work. Ticked off with that. But
1: he is a well meaning person. I think, I think my only thing was like, I just had trouble hearing what he was saying most of the time just because the audio recording. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it but, was like the, the finished product of the movie or just the print that uh, made it on the internet. Yeah. But this got so to the point where, <laughs> you know, sometimes people are like, even when they're really old, <laughs> talking like that.
1: Yes. start God,
0: Damn. it! That y- I cranked my headphones all the way up and then the speakers that they were connected to all the way up and then the audio then the like the video file that was playing all the way up and you could hear like the hiss of the background like 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 you're fucking listening to a record player just a blank record player on 11.
1: Oh yes and and at so, times it even sounded the audio was like um almost like not in sync, you know. And a couple, yeah, just a couple small spots,
0: but yeah, yeah. we don't we don't know if that's uh, we're not going to put that as an official bad because we don't know if that was like the the end result of the movie or just you know a bad print that uh, that got transferred. So sure, it's not going to be a mark against the movie, but it is a mark against our experience of it.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But you know, besides that, I mean, he was a good character and he was well meaning. I mean, he even like you know risked his life too to go up and. Uh, You know, and help Eleanor, you know, when she was, like, going up the spiral staircase, you know, he went up there after her to actually, you know, guide her back down.
0: That was a very tense scene.
1: Really tense. Uh, I mean, that's another one of those examples, I think, when I think about the cool cinematography and stuff. that that scene is well shot. And it's nerve-wracking. So, it speaks well to his character. I think he genuinely did care for her. And he... Um, uh, you know, I and I think when he was wanting her to go, is he just felt like you know for her own safety? she's like, she you know, he's always worried. that... He
0: cared for her as a person, not like as a as a love interest. She, like Eleanor, on the other hand, she had thoughts on uh, on him, but
1: yes, you know, and it, it was an odd relationship between them. But I feel like at the end of the day, he um, was a well meaning guy, and you know, didn't have any nefarious.
0: Um, Not manipulating her feelings or anything? No, yeah,
1: he, he was just, just... a good dude. Yeah, he was a genuine good dude. Um, you know, I guess if you think of any sort of... A kind of positive sort of male role model figure, you know, he, he embodies it a little bit better than other archetypes I've seen in movies of this time period. Uh, and then probably our other guy, you know, <laughs> uh, Mr. Luke Sanderson, you know...
0: Yeah, that guy. It looked like he was going to like try to throw it into everything with a skirt, but even when it looked like there was a, even when it looked like there was no sale, it's not like he was bitter or anything. He was kind of just like, "Why are you people still in my house?" Yeah. He, like he he was kind of just like a, a little annoyed with everyone, but he wasn't malevolent. Yeah. Uh like my remaining goods uh like the just like the 10 scenes they're fucking great like when the ghost appears midway through we got the camera angles the noises the women cuddling each other in terror it's pretty decent for really nothing happening at all
1: sure i mean i think what sells the scenes is the is the performance of the actors you know i mean outside of some of the sounds and things they do there a lot
0: of it is just um the for, the, for the second uh for the second episode or uh, attack or or happening if you will that one it it got good like moving furniture the breathing door it looked like the it looked like a scene from the fucking evil dead yes every everyone's on edge and eleanor's like fading into her own mind with everyone behind her like fading into darkness it was really well shot
1: oh yes um And it it all just, yeah, the scene in like the tension builds up very quickly. You know, it escalates.
0: Uh, I'd like to know how they got that fucking breathing door because that was just fucking, uh, it, it looked like a real door, not like a bag with a door painted on it.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: still and even when they're like go, looking through some book in the library you get to see one of them has like a sweet painting of like Skeletor wrestling a demon <laughs> I, I think I sent a picture of that or I, I mentioned it but fuck Oh, I have uh, to go
1: back and look at this here
0: it, it was just like some vague mention um, yeah it was just like some sweet demonic artwork yeah
1: there was one where it was like a, it looked like a bat was like nailed to a wall yeah um uh, oh yeah I remember this yeah you know, the marble work there with the uh yeah and you remember the the h r Giger looking thing, yeah, I'm going back and looking at some pictures of that, <laughs> yeah, a lot of unique uh piece of gothic, well, I guess they call it neo gothic architecture. Yeah, it's like I really would love to tour the Ellington Manor or Ellington Hotel now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um yeah, like the the staircase as uh, the dog is climbing up the staircase to to rescue Eleanor, you see it shifting from one side to another and you can see the the bolts like just stripping out of the concrete. Oh, It's just like oh.
1: Every yeah, every oh. shot of that um when when they show the wall, like you know the uh, the bar starting to loosen its grip from the wall there, I I mean, and then you're just picturing in your head how high of a drop that is. Cause it looks pretty fucking high up. I mean that is at least a what like a twenty five thirty foot drop maybe. Hmm. Yeah. You just. The ideas you get in your head, you know.
0: When it got a little shifty, even Luke just, like, jumps off halfway up the stairs. He just fucking jumps off and he's like, nope, I'm I'm taking my chances with with regular gravity.
1: Yep. He goes from, like, starting to do the can-can and then just does parkour over the railing. Like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, fuck this.
0: So, now we can uh, get to the bads. And uh, what was your first bad?
1: Uh, You know, I think the movie's just too restrained in, like, showing anything haunt. I mean, okay, we we have some haunt scenes, but, I mean, we don't ever see anything, like, ghostly in it, you know? I mean...
0: Yeah, it's not that hard to superimpose a face going (laughs) through a wall.
1: Yeah, and there's so many different ways you could do it, you know? And, I mean, I feel like they built it up, built it up, but never really showed anything, like... um, And... So, and it actually almost left the movie, it made me almost feel a little confused, and I don't think this was intentional, that you start to wonder, well, was this even, was it actually a haunting? But, I mean, they explicitly say it was a haunting, but they don't really show enough tangible appearances. So much you wonder
0: if you're being gaslit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, because I don't, you know... I I guess I pondered on it, but now it does seem apparent that they didn't intend for it to be ambiguous. It seems clear that it is a ghost, but they just don't really show it enough. I mean, its I do love the interplay of Eleanor's psyche with it, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just that shots where she's looking up there at that one tower up above the library and stuff, it would have been nice to see like a figure in the window just um i mean gosh this movie didn't even have ghost children in it or anything
0: gosh put some bait on the fucking hook
1: yeah uh just just some more just outright ghost stuff i mean we're seeing the poltergeist effects but um yeah i want to see some ghosts it just it doesn't show enough it shows too much restraint and really doesn't it feels like it makes the movie just come off more as like a psychological drama type thing rather than a a horror movie, you know. You
0: could you could borrow a ghost or two from William Castle. He's got fucking thirteen of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. No shit, right? I mean I don't even care if it looks terrible, okay? If it's like a guy with a sheet over his head. Just show me a fucking ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I would have I would have settled for that. Okay.
0: Uh my my first bad I've only got two of them. My first bad was uh, what the fuck is up with country people just being mad at city folk for existing?
1: Yeah, no kidding. When Eleanor shows up at the
0: gate, when Eleanor shows up at the gate, you got fucking Mister Dudley like you fucking city folk. You think you know everything? No, she never claimed to. She just is expected here so maybe you could let her in yeah and how the fuck is he not clear on who's expected like the maid doesn't have any qualms about it this is just a shitty servant
1: yeah and he never really comes back in the movie at any point if i remember like <laughs> or i think he maybe made one one other appearance or they just mention him but it's just a it's a very one-off scene um doesn't seem to link back to anything else uh, and I think, yeah, his wife like works in the house. She's the like, the maid and the cook and all that, like the housekeeper. Um but yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a little cliche. And you know, honestly, too, this was another one where the audio just in the virtual we were watching, I had a little trouble following what he was saying exactly. And also it's his accent. You know. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It's just a conflict as old as civilization itself.
0: So what's your next bad?
1: Um, well, all right. My next bad, and it's the only other bad I have, is the fact that the damn staircase didn't actually break and fall. Okay, they kept teasing it. As much as I love that scene... I'm very disappointed that they didn't have that thing actually fall off. I mean, you know, I was...
0: You could have even had the fake out, like, when he gets on the balcony and, you know, she has, like, her little episode and then he goes to bring her back. Then you can have the staircase collapse when they're both on it and then, like, you know, have one of them survive the fall, one of them doesn't.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it just... uh, Missed opportunity for a climax. And maybe it's a little tied in with my other bad that, gosh, man, they're building up to... Uh, something crazy and shocking and more memorable than it was. And they just didn't go for it. Just a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah. You could have had even the staircase collapse when he gets on to the landing. So, like, they're stuck there, but you could still have the collapse come down. And
1: Oh, yeah. That would be another way you could do it, too. Just, like, they get down in the nick of time, you know. I think... It's
0: like, when the, go- when the ghosts show up, nothing happens. The staircase rattles, nothing happens. It, it reminds me of the Simpsons Halloween special when the- they're doing the raven. And when Lisa's telling the story, Bart says... Uh, they get to the part where he hears the knocking on the chamber door, and when he opens it, darkness and nothing more. And Bart says, you know what would be scarier than nothing? What? Anything!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't... I don't know. What, what season was that from? I don't...
0: First, it was the it was the first Halloween special.
1: Oh shit! I don't know. Yeah, I never. You know, it's funny. I never even watched the complete first season of that show, but
0: huh. it 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 was pretty fucking hilarious yeah. with Homer. God, with, Homer, with Homer being the uh, the recipient of the Raven, right? Oh,
1: very cool. So a little like a try to go a little Edgar Allan Poe style here.
0: Oh yeah part cool. is the raven <laughs> nice uh so my final bat is uh again the staircase like fucking great minds uh the staircase can't hold everyone but everyone could hold the staircase <laughs> yeah if you're worried about this thing rattling how about everyone just grabs a rail and holds it in place to sturdy it up a bit you know like people do with a fucking ladder when someone's trying to clean the gutters
1: yeah, true. Sure. I mean, could they, I like, you know, maybe they get like some ropes and kind of do like a sort of pulley system or, you know, just some or sort of way to pull support it. the fucking railings. It. Yeah. Just
0: hold the fucking railing so this thing stops wobbling so much. Right. Or, you know, they could just get a.
1: I mean, honestly, it looked like they could have just got a ladder and maybe like, you know, reinforce some of those screws on there. Just. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been, had some work. It wouldn't have been that much maintenance. Um, yeah they're just like so afraid of the damn thing but i mean i guess it's a really old house so <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and maybe they're holding the, it the there they secret- end up
1: like collapsing the ceiling like there's more so, stuff that's loose than they realized <laughs>
0: the lost secrets of masonry have made repairs impossible right <laughs> it's like oh no we, if only we had some sort of putty or something we could jam into the holes to to harden it and then drill some new things in.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Apparently, Luke Sanderson's too spoiled, and he's never, you know, he's born with a silver spoon, never worked a day in his life. He wouldn't know anything about handyman work. And, well, you know, Dr. John Markway, well, he's he's a doctor. His gifts are something else. So, damn it I'm a
0: doctor hey, not a bricklayer hey
1: you know what this would have been an excuse to have Mr. Dudley come back okay and and have him go in and fix you know like
0: you fucking city folk, you don't know shit about putting screws into concrete
1: and- yes that's right get over here you yeah. underling get over do, here do Dear
0: bitching just fucking just stop do something about yeah. this death trap yeah
1: alright come over here you country bumpkin and fix this damn stairs alright <laughs> <laughs> oh man I know the cat I'll treat you to huge. a jug of moonshine <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, I'll I'll sweeten the deal a bit, you know? you
0: know? Uh so uh I've only got one what the fuck. How about you?
1: Hmm, you know, uh yeah, surprisingly I don't have a what the fuck. I feel like like no. later tonight when I'm going to bed, I'm gonna like think of something I'm like, ah, oh, I could have brought that up.
0: <laughs> well, my what the fuck is why is it called Hill House if it was built by a man named Crane? <laughs> don't Don't fucking tell me it's because it was built on a fucking hill.
1: Well, I mean...
0: Because that would have to mean it's the only house built on a hill. Like, like it was the first house to be built on anything other than a flat surface.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of localized thing, you know?
0: Because have you seen San Francisco?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I mean, it's all Pretty hilly hills. Yeah, exactly. And it's very windy. Um, I mean, yeah, any of those houses could be housed on a hill. But, you know, maybe just more localized to that town. It's the hill. It's the house on the hill. It's the house built on the city. hill. Yeah, it's the house <laughs> on that hill for that city. This
0: place is so fucking boring that the that it doesn't have a hill. It has the hill.
1: Yeah, it's the house on the hill. The hill house.
0: House on the Hill. Yep. Amity Hill. House on the Hill.
1: Amity Hill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, now we can take it to the kill of the week. <laughs> We've only got one death in this movie, so it's gotta go to Eleanor getting what she wanted, to never leave Hill House.
1: Yep. Well she so got the permanent squatter deal. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess i don't have any other to choose from but um it's a tragic
0: end i mean you, you could have chosen the second wife doing like the Whoa! down the steps or just the old lady is a or whatever the, the the crane's daughter is Who just stayed in her nursery until she fucking died as an old lady. (laughs) Right. It's like, what kind of death would that be? I lied down and waited.
1: Yeah, well, we have that cool camera shot, though, of like her going from a child to like an old lady. That was a cool camera She did
0: fuck all with her life.
1: (laughs) Yep. Uh, Well, Eleanor was, you know, hoping maybe, you know, she was hoping to be able to do that. And she's trying to catch up on life. Try to catch up on that that squatter life of just sitting in bed. Well, she, I think she literally just wanted to, like, squat, like, you know, just sit in place, you know. That, that was the dream life for her.
0: She just didn't want to have to live with her sister. Like, my family fucking sucks. I hated yeah. my mother. I hate my sister. I hate my brother-in-law. My niece is a cunt. She just makes fun of me for thinking. Like, I, I just wanted to be done with these fucking assholes. I just want to live in a place they don't know about and just wait until I die. Yeah.
1: I'm a couch potato just trying to find the perfect couch. (laughs) Right? And I'm I'm going to
0: find my own couch.
1: Yep. I mean, I'm a couch surfer until I can find the right couch to squat
0: on. (laughs) Yeah. So now we can take it to the rating. And I'm going to give this three internal monologues out of five. Because you know, as far as the ghost attacks go, it could have just been a dude screwing with them as a fear experiment, but the breathing door at the end did finally convince me, okay, yep, yeah, there's definitely some ghost shit there's There's some evil dead walking around here, oh okay. yeah, but still fuck fucking with the doorknobs was weird, like if you're a ghost, why are you got to fuck with doorknobs? You don't need doors <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> that's That's one of the perks of being a ghost. Yeah, I mean, fuck, have fun
1: with it. Like, come out of the walls or something. Come out through the ceiling, you know?
0: Will you be my friend? Like, uh, just <laughs> fucking just show, shove your face out of the door. Yeah. Man. Do some Casper shit.
1: Oh, yeah, shit. And actually just show yourself, or crying out loud. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with, like, kind of the same rating. I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, three uh, wobbly staircases. Out of five, <laughs> um, it's a well shot movie. It's got a you know great set pieces, great cinematography, great use of lighting, uh,
0: sympathetic s- characters. Yeah,
1: and sympathetic characters. Um, I think this is you know a somewhat it, good just- portrayal of somebody who, um, you know, who is who is having like struggles. Shouldn't. Yeah, who's having like mental illness struggles and. It does paint uh, our main protagonist in a sympathetic light, and and most of the characters, I guess, I mean, nobody's like an outright asshole, I mean, even though, you know, like you say, Luke is, you know, just more detached, but he isn't like a bad person.
0: Yeah, um, to him, it's a house he's never been in before. Sure. That, you know, might be a little bit of money for him.
1: yeah. It's just like, you know, his motivations are totally removed from the other characters. He doesn't care about any of this ghost stuff, you know? Yeah. Just, but,
0: but, like, even at the end, he does, like, want to drive Eleanor home safe and, you know, he wants, even, he, he, like, wants to go with her to make sure she gets home safe. So, you know, he does have, like, a, a degree of care. Yeah. He he may be a, a bit self-centered, but he is not an asshole.
1: Yes. All right. Well, well, maybe I'll redeem him there. So, I, mean, I was too harsh on him, but
0: it, it it still doesn't change the fact that this movie's got a lot of nothing going on for yeah. despite all the good things they put into this. It's 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 a lot of roses. It's, like be- it's like getting a beautiful kitchen but then saying, "All right, dinner served," and people forgot to get the food.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, the yeah, my my I think my biggest critique that uh is the the, yeah, the movie is pretty slow. Uh, there's not a lot happening in it. And even when stuff does happen, they don't really show enough. It doesn't reach a... a it doesn't reach a like a
0: zenith of... It's like a slow burn, but at best it's a sweat. Like, the, it doesn't yeah, get the, hot enough to burn. Yeah,
1: the burn isn't really much of a burn, you know. Um, it, does, it does pick up a little bit here in the end, but still, the movie runtime, I think, is too long uh, for what is just a short climax that even then felt uh, flat. It just... It it raised... it It raised up a little bit. I guess you could say it came up to a hill, and then it was just one long plateau until
0: the end. Yeah. So... I mean, it was interesting to see, like, a non-villainous uh, queer character in a black and white movie. Uh-huh. So it did have that going for it. And during the two or three episodes of Tension, it, there was actual tension. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a solid three. It's not a tenuous three. It, it, it did some things very well. Sure. It, the fact that there's no fucking ghosts. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like the family... It would be nice if the family somehow found her.
1: Yeah. afterwards. Some characters that didn't really show up again. It would have been nice to have kind of tie that back. Maybe even have some sort of closing kind of scene, maybe involving her family, and then sort of reflecting on it and talking about yeah, Eleanor. Then getting the news, or yeah, just bring a little more closure to it. Um, so I, you know, and this might be a movie <laughs> you too. Just, you
0: just see the you just see the niece standing over the tombstone, and she's like. Well, mommy, you were right about Aunt Eleanor's driving.
1: <laughs> See, this is why we didn't let her borrow the car, right? We didn't let her. Drive
0: I, I I don't want to say I told you so, but I did tell you so. Right, I was not joking. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I they like to, this movie could be.
0: And I had three payments left on that thing. <laughs> oh man well it's like fuck eleanor nobody gives a fuck about her they're more they're grieving the car more than her
1: yeah i mean that that would sound par for the course so
0: i mean just the family showing up and just running like a fucking diss track on on eleanor for ruining the car rather than getting killed that would have bumped us up to a four and a half or or, just for that
1: yeah no kidding i mean uh I wouldn't have been surprised. It would have been a nice closure to it. And yeah, I I don't see the family really having much kind words.
0: So that's our take on the haunting. Now we may see the remakes because apparently they're, uh, they're a little bit different, but uh, you know what? For the I, I thought I'd wanted to see this because I really had it confused with uh another movie about with haunting in the title and i think that was uh house on haunted hill that's the one with vincent price in
1: it yes yeah that's yeah that one is a classic
0: not to be confused with house of usher
1: yep nope uh, that's Ed Graw and Poe again, right?
0: Oh, Vincent Price did so many Poe movies, like uh, The Pit and the Pendulum. Yep. Uh, the Tales of Terror,
1: mm-hmm. where he
0: did like Fortune Fortunato, uh, like uh, all those Roger Corman movies. Son of a bitch, we 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 got to get we got to get a month of the Price's Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Got to dig into some of that, man.
0: But we we've done enough themes for a while. I think we're going to have a nice random month. Yeah, right. The next uh, for the next bit or so, but definitely this year, I'd want to get uh, a Vincent Price marathon because, like, like Vinny is in the whole the unholy trinity of of horror, and we haven't seen enough movies with this guy in it.
1: <laughs> and
0: yes, that is a plane flying quite close to my house.
1: Fun, <laughs> hey! Especially they're just—they're just sending you off, you know.
0: <laughs> so, we hope that you enjoyed our homage to the grayscale rainbow. And if you have any other movies you want to suggest or themes you want to suggest, you can always hit us up at the end of the show. You can always sponsor an episode by uh, donating to our Patreon. That will always bump up your suggestion really quickly, because you know we can be bought. And we really want to be bought. And also, uh, you know, if you want us to do anything with our Twitch, our Discord or anything, we want we want to get a a nice community going up here. We also would uh, either watching watch parties, video games, you know, give us ideas on what to do with our Twitch channel. And, you know, we'll we'll do it like we'll we'll put time in. But we want to make sure that somebody's, you know, getting involved. But uh, I think that's it for this episode. So, until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm John. And thank you for joining us for Pride Moth on The Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyard shift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify and don't forget to check out our Instagram at the graveyard shift pod as well as our Facebook at the graveyard shift pod our Twitter is GS underscore horror pod and if you wish to support the show financially visit us at patreon.com graveyard for as little as a dollar a month you can help support the show and get bonus content the theme for the graveyard shift is as brutal as it ever was by techno Axe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky.